Welcome folks to uh, tonight's session and tonight I'm going to be dealing with the topic entitled complacency and I really want to deal with this because I believe that a lot of Christians um, never fulfill what God has for them or intended them to get to the levels that he wanted them to get to simply because they get complacent at a certain level. They end up at a certain place and they become complacent. You know, somebody made a very valid statement the other day and said, the biggest battle or the biggest opposition to your success is your last success. Now what happens is this, is can you think of a time when you were really battling through something that you really used up all your energy, all your spiritual might, and you said to God, God, you have to come through for this thing, and you end up really fighting spiritually for it, and you really are believing God for it, and it might take months, and you get this victory. And what happens is this, is you get this victory, and it's almost like you want to go, ah, let's relax, let's take time out. We've just been through this massive battle. And the problem is, the minute you do that, you start going into complacency. You see, the thing is this, is there is no neutral in the spirit, and there is no time out in the spirit. And so we've got to understand that when we start dealing with the things of the world, um, we are going to be in a battle consistently. And so what we need to do is need to understand what this, this whole idea of complacency is and how to deal with it in our lives. The definition of complacency has a very interesting connotation to it. It's like curdled milk. It's like milk that should be running and suddenly gets stuck. It gets clogged up. Okay, it's like frozen water. It just doesn't move anymore. And so this is the issue with a lot of Christians. And we're going to deal with some of the reasons why we do this. Why do we end up getting stuck in our Christian walk? And it can happen to all of us. At some stage or another, every single one of us sitting here tonight have got to the place in our Christian walk where we got stuck. Okay, sometimes we shake it off and we get going again. But some of us have been there for many, many years. Some people have been in the same place spiritually 10 years down the road. How do you know if that's true? Just listen to what the testimonies are. You know, 10 years ago, something happened to me. You know, in 1943, God did this big miracle. It just means that they are not moving forward. It just means that they are not having fresh input or revelation or miracles happening. Your testimony should be this week, this is what happened. And so we need to understand that this is a huge danger for each one of us. Now, one of the things that happen when you start getting complacent is the following. We start getting blasé. How many of us remember the first time somebody got healed? Man, we got so excited. We sat down and said, man, look at this miracle. God got, got the glory. This person just got healed. It was awesome. After the fifth time of seeing somebody getting healed, you go, oh, well, we're used to this now. We've seen this before. Or when you see the power of God moving to a place, and everybody getting touched by the presence of God, and you go, yes, this was phenomenal. That atmosphere was electric. The power of God was evident. After you've been there for 10 or 20 times, you go, well, I've been there before, done that. And so that is the danger of what happens is we get to a place where we get blasé with the things of God. We go, well, we've seen it before, and so we're used to it, and so we say, oh, well, that's not such a big deal anymore. 
So we try and minimize what God is doing in somebody's life. You know, the other day when I was praying for some people, the power of God hit this one person for the very first time. I'll tell you what, I got as excited with them as what they did, because I just looked at this and I remember the first time God got hold of me. You know, and the difference is God got hold of me when I was age 13. It was a few years ago. But I almost relived that moment with this guy, getting so excited just to have that freshness back in your life. And this guy was totally flabbergasted that God had touched him with electricity going through his body. And so what we've got to understand is this, is don't get stuck somewhere. Don't get stuck because God has got something far more than your last success. Let's take David as an example. I like using him often, I do. And look at David when he sat down and he, and he beat up the lion. Man, that would have been a huge success for any of us. Come on. We would have sat down and go, that was awesome, man. I would have put it on Facebook, told everybody, this lion came to sort this thing out. I sorted it out. And now, look what happened. I'm now king of my little pea patch. Then the bear came along and he sorted the bear out. He goes, yes, now I've only arrived. I mean, I've sorted out a lion as a youngster. I've sorted out a bear as a youngster. And then God takes him to Goliath. You see, I want you to understand something. That we cannot determine where God is taking us ultimately. And so be careful that your success brings you to a place of complacency. Brings you to a place where you say, okay, well, enough is enough. I'm just going to settle here. I'm going to hang out here. Because that complacency is going to bring you to a place of reversal. Complacency in the Bible gets you to the place where you are absolutely useless. So you might know the word, you might be able to pray in tongues, you might know the gifts, but if you are not flowing, you are clogged up. And God hates complacency. So some of the things that you need to look at when you start talking about this is in our own spiritual life, do we have complacency? In Matthew chapter 22 verse 5, it says, And they made light of it and went their way, one to his own farm, another one to his business. In other words, when they were invited to this feast, they go, Listen, it's not so important, ach man, we'll just do our own thing. When somebody says to you, ach, come to church, we go, Ach, we don't need to go to church, man. Let's just go and pray outside, it's a nice sunny day. So, we've got to understand that your spiritual life has got to be deliberate. Your spiritual life has to be something that you work on deliberately. It's not just going to happen. There's not going to be an unction for it. And so if you stop it, working on it, you're going to be complacent. And the thing that happens with us is this. The Bible says that we get deceived to think that we're actually doing the Word of God and we're not. It's a deception. It's not just, oh, well, I forgot to do something or I got too busy. You actually, if you ask the people, are you actually obeying the Word? They go, yes. I pray in tongues, I pray, and, and you ask him, when last did you actually have an intercession meeting? When last did you pray for somebody through the night? When last did you actually take care of somebody? The second thing that happens, number one, the areas of complacency is your spiritual life. It starts affecting you spiritually. Let's take another one. Matthew 24 verse 12, it says this, And because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. In other words, they'll look at the world, and their love for God will start growing cold. Why? Because they're going to get complacent. Why are they going to get complacent? They're going to go, well, we can't fight against this, so we just quit. Be careful. That we don't get into this trap when we see how bad things go, things happen around the world, to give up. 
Because God wants us to change what's happening. And you have the authority, you have the power to do it, but you need to start staying engaged. Stay in it and do not back off. The second thing, area where you're going to have complacency is in your works. Matthew chapter 7 verse 26. Now everyone who hears his sayings of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Let me tell you something. The Bible is very clear that we need to be consistent in these things. Remember Paul says, I want you to be consistent in the things that the apostles taught you. What is it? Having fellowship together and worship and communion and getting into the Word of God. You know, when last have you got into the Word of God for yourself and not this quick SMS stuff that you get? Where you sit down and say, God, give me a word out of your word for me. Let me read it. Let me get a revelation. Let me get an unction for something that is new and fresh. Matthew chapter 25 verse 27. So you ought to have deposited my money at the bankers. And that by coming I would have received uh, back my own with interest. Remember the story where the master went away and he gave the servants one note, get it away. Why? What happened with him? He became complacent with the finance. And the master was very unhappy. I want you to know that if you're in the same place that you were when he left... He's going to be very unhappy if he comes back, if you've done nothing with the gifts and the talents that he's given you. So a lot of us are actually thinking we're moving forward, but some of us are actually not moving forward. We're running around the mountain. It's like Israel. They kept on going around the mountain, around the mountain, around the mountain. You are going to keep going around the mountain until you recognize these things and move it forward in your life. The third area which is very important is in our mercy and our help. We start backing off on helping people. And we need to understand that this is critical because the whole gospel is about helping and assisting people. In, uh, where is this first? Matthew chapter 25, 43. It says, I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. I want you to understand that God wants us to care for people. People is the primary focus of God's entire agenda. Everything else is secondary, other, secondary only to people. So we have got to start having our mercy and our love towards people, seeing where we can help, seeing what we can do to assist. You see, I believe that when you are on fire for God, you're going to start getting a passion again for the lost. You're going to get passion again for those who are broken hearted, hurting, downtrodden, not making it. That you're going to sit down and say, God, help me assist them. Give me the spiritual tools, the natural tools, whatever gifting I need to help them so that they can grow up quickly. One of the things... Okay, before I get into that, let's just sum this up. There are three major areas of your complacency. It's going to be in your own spiritual life. It's going to be the works that you're doing for God. And then it's going to basically be towards people. You're going to go, I don't care about people anymore. I'm peopled out. I've had enough. I'm tired. How many of you have felt like you've given and still it's never enough? You just keep giving, you just keep giving, and it's just like people don't grow, they don't change. Remember that whatever you do to people, the Bible speaks about it as a seed. And so especially if you're giving the word of God, that seed is going to germinate somewhere. When the conditions are right, that seed is going to germinate. 
Because the Bible says that the seed is the Word of God. If I give somebody the Word of God, even though they don't listen to me now, years later it's going to germinate that they're going to come back. I've got students that I've had and I've ministered to, and I haven't seen them or heard from them for years. And suddenly they'll come back five, six, seven years later. And they'll come back and say, that thing that you told me seven years ago is so true. It's starting to happen in my life now. I'm going, God, why does it take five, seven years for somebody to wake up? Because then God showed me very clearly, it has to have the right conditions to germinate. A seed that does not have the right conditions will stay dormant for a very long time. So be careful how you judge your fruit. Or your success. Be careful how you judge it because it's going to lead you to a place of despondency and you're going to be complacent in it. You're going to go, listen, I've had so much of this thing, I'm tired of this thing. The minute you say, I'm tired of this thing, you're very fast ending up to a place where you're not going to flow. So very simply, complacency comes into action when you don't flow. If you keep flowing, there is a blessing that is going to happen in your life. Now, What causes complacency? What causes me to sit down and to actually get to the place where I just go, listen, I want to maintain this plateau. I just want to make it. Well, the first one is really the fact of your last success. Like I said, if I've been through a really heavy battle, I just want to relax. And some people think that they actually reach it when they've got through that battle. But yet God might have something major in store for you, and He's just taking you through a process. Now remember that David did not back off after the bear or the the lion. He kept on with God. He says, God, I'm going to grow with you no matter what. And he just kept on growing and kept on growing and kept on growing. And then he got anointed king, and he still looked after the sheep. And then he went down and he, he clapped Goliath. So I want you to understand, he never slowed down. He never stopped. The only time David stopped is when God slowed him down. So he's idea was, I keep pushing, I'm going to get the most that I can, God, if you want me to slow down, you're going to have to tell me. You are going to have to intervene, you are going to have to bring me to the place that you have for me. And so, the first one is your success, your previous successes. The second one is, you get too busy with your own thing. In Luke chapter 14, uh, in verse 18, we read the following. But they were all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground, so I must go and see it. And so I asked him, I ask you to have me please excused. In other words, they're getting stuck. Remember they were invited to the wedding feast. And they said, listen, we can't go. One guy said, listen, I got married. Sorry, pal, I can't come now. Other one says, look, I've just bought land. The other one says, look, I've got some animals to take care of. So everybody has excuses with their daily lives. This is very important that we understand this. That as you start walking with God, you can be entangled with your daily life. And the things around you, I promise you, are going to start getting you busy. Come on, how many is working harder than what they ever did before? There's so many things on, they don't have the spare time. You end up just being so busy, that you're just so busy, that you're so busy for God. You don't have time, you know, you're too busy to get to God. You're just so busy with the natural stuff. Be careful that it doesn't ensnare you. So what happens is, 
You end up being so busy with your own things that you get to a place where you say, God, I'm going to just give you a little bit. Or God, we can make an appointment every Wednesday. You know, we just limit God in this whole thing. If you get to that point and you just have to think back in your own life, how was I 15 years ago? How was I 20 years ago? You know, do I still get up every night and pray? Do I still get up in the middle of the night and pray and seek God like I used to? Do I still pray in tongues like I used to? Do I still fast like I used to? Do I still seek God like I used to? Do I still sit down and say, God, it's just me and you, and we spend hours on our knees before God? If that's changed, you need to ask God why. Because when you're doing it, you're getting on fire for God. If that has changed, you need to sit down and say, God, I need to repent of this thing. I've become complacent in this thing. I used to be so on fire about these things. I used to be hungry about it. I used to not want to miss church. Now I couldn't care if I go once a month. So these things are in your heart. You need to start looking at it. Number two is we procrastinate. How many of us have put things off? God will do it tomorrow. Morris nogedag. We're too busy right now, so we'll do it later. In Acts chapter 24, verse 25, it says, Now, as we reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered. Now, Felix was his governor, and he was they were busy discussing the gospel and what's happening, and he was getting the gospel solidly at him. And he got nervous, and this is what he says, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I'll call you again. Listen, this is too much for me to handle, so I'll, you know, we'll handle it later. When God starts dealing with you with stuff, don't start putting it off. Don't start procrastinating and say, God, we will deal with this another time. Every single one of us have procrastinated when God has told you to do something or to sort something out in your own life. Sometimes God wants you to get going with it and you go, God, I'll wait. Or the time's not right. Or I don't have the resources. Or I don't have this in place and that in place. You know, we are very, very quick at listing all the issues. Like Moses, like Gideon. I mean, all these guys, you know, every time they go to God, they list all the complaints why we can't do something. And yet God is waiting for us to be instant, obedient sheep. And say, listen, God speaks, I do. I'm not going to procrastinate over this thing. I'm not going to delay this thing. I'm going to do it. If God says it, I'm going to do it. If God says, deal with something in your life, you deal with it as fast as possible. Because God wants us to be able to be liquid. He wants to flow through us. And not flow through us for a time. Alright? We are not this periodic river. Oh God, only when there's a big flood do I move. There's a lot of Christians like that. When there's a big flood, everybody's on fire, they do well. You know, how do you find them? You go and take them on a camp or something, you just inject them with the power and the fire for a whole week. And when they come back, they are so on fire, anything that moves just gets hands laid. But go look after two months and then you see that fire ain't burning anymore. What was a massive spotlight ends up to be a little flashlight. You know, and... So what happens is this, is, is that we have got to make sure that our, that our river flows consistently. God is looking for people who are consistent. The consistency is going to develop the power.
The power lies in the consistency of your praying. The power lies in the consistency of your fasting. The consistency of you sitting down and really getting into the Word and not being complacent in any area of your life. And the third thing that's going to cause complacency is when we are insensitive. In Acts chapter 28 verse 27, For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with the eyes and hear with the ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, um, so that I should heal them. In other words, they become insensitive to people. They become insensitive to God even moving in their lives. Yes, Jesus saying, listen, I want to heal them. But they are insensitive, they are dull of hearing, dull of seeing. They don't want to get the truth anymore. People get to the place where they think that they know everything. I mean, I've had one or two students come to me in the years, and they'll say, after about three or four years that they're with me, they'll come and say, okay, uh, Pastor Arthur, I'm leaving now, you can't teach me anything. I know everything that you know. I sit down and I go, well, good for you, pal. And then every single one of them never get to where God has for them. They never get in the ministry. They never do that. It is a, um, it is a deception that comes in. And we have got to sit down and say, God, I'm not insensitive to the Spirit of God. I'm not insensitive to the move of God. I'm not insensitive to people's needs. I'm not insensitive to where you are taking people. So I want to challenge us tonight in the sense of asking this question. How complacent have we become? It's very simple. Are you on fire as you were 10 years ago? Are you busy pushing in like you did when you were younger? Are you at the same place? You know, I, and age has got nothing to do with it. I have seen men and women that are in the 70s and 80s still fasting and praying. I mean, I had this one lady, Auntie Kathy. How old was Auntie Kathy when she died? Okay, on her 90th birthday, she was still preaching. Now, I mean, she was as radical as it comes. There was no complacency in her. In fact, it was terrible going to go visit her in her house on holiday. Yeah, you are as a young person. I remember going to a house once to go and stay in Cape Town. And we all rock up there, the whole family and everybody's there. And we're sitting down and we're going, yes, I'm thinking this is going to be awesome. We're going to see a whole lot of stuff. And there comes Auntie Kathy in the middle of the morning. Hits on top of the thing and say, okay, let's praise Jesus. She starts a prayer meeting that lasts for like three hours. Every single morning. And then in the afternoon, if she's bored, there you go again. Another prayer meeting. Why? Because she was hungry for the things of God. She did not sit sit down and settle for anything. She says, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to keep pushing in. By the age of 90, she was still preaching. I think it was about the age of 80 or something, she planted her last church. She physically went and built the church. So I want you to know that God doesn't want us to retire. He wants us to push in. Your function just changes. If you are of the older generation and you can't move around or get around anymore, then you can sit down and start praying for the next generation. And you can start releasing the anointing and the blessing onto the next generation. There should never be a place ever where you sit down and go, I'm on retirement from God too. When you go on retirement, it gives you more time to push in with the things of God. Now, I need to learn how to overcome this in my life. 
How do I overcome an area where I've become quite slacking? How do I overcome an area where I've become complacent? And let me tell you something, if you're really honest, most of us get there quite easily. Let me give you an example. I always use this example of guys coming to Bible school. I said, you guys are going to come to Bible school, you're actually going to backslide when you leave here. They go, oh, how can you say that? We're going to go out here, mighty men of God. I said, well, because what happens is, you come to Bible school, and you end up relying on the anointing of what we're giving you. You end up on the Word, or what we're giving you, and you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ by yourself. You're so dependent on us, and we're so busy, and we, there's always anointing around us. So when you leave, and you're all by yourself, then come and tell me how you feel when you come back. And I have so many students who sit down and go, I'll never be like that. I say, okay, let's test this. We'll just test it in the school holidays. December holidays, come back and tell me how you're doing. Let me tell you something, without fail, students come back and go, I'm half backslidden. I haven't prayed. There's not this anointing that we had yet. I said, that's exactly what I'm trying to teach you. Do not rely on a house or a church or somebody else's anointing. You need to develop your own relationship. You need to develop your own thing. So you need to sit down and take and pay the price and count the cost on your own life and say, God, what have I done and what am I doing to keep the flow going in my life? So that that is a lifestyle so that if you go on holiday, you're like Auntie Kathy, who just has a prayer meeting every morning. Or whatever it is that you do to keep your flow going. But I love this. The Laodicean church, in Revelation chapter 3 verse 19, gives us the answer for this. Alright, so if you want to deal with a complacency in your area, complacency area in your life, specific whether it be your prayer life, whether you think of that you're not interested in people anymore, whatever it is, I want you to read this. 3 verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chastise and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Now what does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. It means, number one, we have to repent. Admission of the situation has to happen. In other words, I need to admit that I have got stuck here. Have you, when last have you actually admitted and said, listen, I'm not on fire as I was. I'm not praying like I should be. Let me tell you something. I came to a huge awakening and a realization when I was in Pretoria and I'd moved to Pretoria. And after a few years, I realized, listen, I'm not on fire like I was when I was younger. And God had to deal with me simply because the demand on the anointing or the gifting that I had wasn't as strong as it was before. So people weren't demanding it, so I wasn't flowing in it as strong as I was. So what did I do? I admitted that I had a problem. I went to a praise and worship session. I went and hid away in a corner. And I sat there and I sobbed my heart out for something like two and a half, three hours. Until I got to the place where the fire started back in my heart again. I said, God, I'm not leaving here. I am sorry for the fact that I got complacent with your anointing on my life. I got complacent with the gifting that you gave me. I was not using it to the fullest. I was allowing people to dictate where I should be going, instead of me telling them what they should be doing. And so, you've got to understand that you've got to repent. You've got to sit down and say, God, I'm sorry that I've allowed this thing to happen in my life.
The second thing that you've got to do is you've got to be zealous. Remember that it says, I rebuke and chastise. Therefore be zealous and repent. In other words, be zealous. It means to be supercharged. It is a sincere change of behavior. It is a sincere change in behavior. If I'm zealous for something, I will change the way that I'm acting. And it does not start with a Holy Ghost encounter. It starts with a decision. When I sat down and I realized that I I didn't have the anointing flowing like I used to, I said, God, I am sorry. I repent. I did not have goosebumps. I did not have the anointing of God flowing. I had nothing. It took me literally days to kickstart that anointing again. And so, I want you to know that when God is going to take you and bring you to the flow again, it's going to take some time and it's going to take some effort. And that's the time, if you haven't prayed for a long time, you're going to go, well, I'm praying, it's almost like I'm going through mud. Well, yes, you are going through mud. It's like you're coming up. It's like frozen water that has to be defrosted. The more you take time with it, the more it starts getting softer, 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 and then all of a sudden the flow's back again. So it's going to take you a process, and it's going to take you effort. And it's not going to be spirit-led to do this. It is going to be you deciding, I'm going to get on fire again in Jesus' name. I'm going to get zealous again in Jesus' name. I'm going to seek God again like I used to in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for the sick like I used to in Jesus' name. I'm going to read the Word like I used to. So I want to tell you right now, do not get settled. Do not stay in a place of complacency. Because complacency will stop you from reaching your potential. It does not allow a flow. And nobody likes curdled milk. It does not flow. So I want to challenge us tonight. Let's look at our lives and say, God, from tonight, I'm going to get zealous for you again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. You know that in my house, we get up and pray every single morning. Whether we are on holiday, whether we are away, whether we are there, wherever we go, we pray every single morning. It is a very good habit that we've got into. And, I mean, sometimes we are literally up at 4 o'clock in the morning. But one of the things we are desiring from God is to keep a flow of anointing no matter what comes out our way during the day. To keep a flow, to, have, to hear God and to do what God wants us to do at any given time. I want you to know that the power of God is going to flow when you're consistent. You go read any of the guys who made a difference and you'll see that they prayed for a very long period of time every day. It wasn't this quick fix. Oh God, I'll just pray on the, in the car on the way to work. Lord, bless me, my cat, my kitten, and uh, let me have a good day. Amen. Okay? It's a genuine zealousness to sit down and say, God, I'm going to push in with you. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Every one of us are going to carry an anointing and do what you're telling us to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you right now that we will identify the areas where we have been complacent. Lord, the areas where we have become blasé and just say, God, we've seen this before. Lord, I pray that you'll stir up a desire in our hearts to change that in the name of Jesus. Lord, 
God, I pray right now that you're going to bring us to a place of being on fire for you. Lord, having an excitement for you again. Lord, that we will seek you and keep on seeking you in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that the gifts will operate again. Lord, that the fire of God will consume us. Lord, that we will pray for people again. That people will become important. Lord, that we will be able to sit down and not be complacent in any area of our lives. But God will be known as men and women that are on fire for a living God. Excited by the power and the fire that is in us. Making a difference wherever we go. Lord, we repent of these areas. God, I pray that you're going to help us to change it. Lord, bring us to a place of fulfillment and bring us to a place of unity. In Jesus' Jesus mighty name. Amen. Thank you folks for listening to today's message. I trust that you are blessed by it. If you would like to receive these message links directly to your phone, please WhatsApp me on my direct number 082-659-2224. Or if you have any questions that I might be able to help you with. And remember that we've got many, many other resources available for you. So please have a look at our website www.fathersheart.co.za Also Subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes and search for Arthur Frost and subscribe to my sermons podcast. May we be richly blessed as we apply the truth of God's word as he reveals it to us. Many blessings and God bless.